Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. In our journey through Scripture, we've come now to the last two books known as the Christian Church Epistles. It is of note that though they are the last of the Christian Church Epistles, many Bible teachers believe uh, that these letters may be some of the first letters the Apostle Paul wrote, at least the first one, and that is 1 Thessalonians. It was written, we believe, from Corinth and uh, early in the ministry of the Apostle Paul, You'll remember that Paul spent about three short weeks with these believers in Thessalonica. You can read about that in the book of Acts. And then he was forced to flee from that city due to intense persecution. He sent Timothy back to help lead them. But now he writes a very personal letter to this church. Second Thessalonians even says that he wrote it with his own hand. And it is a deeply personal letter to believers that he loves deeply. Now, the majority of believers that are in this place are Gentile, and so there are no Old Testament references found in 1 Thessalonians. Now, if you look at the order of the letters of Paul as they're given to us in our New Testament, there is a, a fascinating progression. We began with Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, and Galatians. Well, what do those books have in common? Those books primarily are about the person of Christ, Christ Himself, His work and it's through Christ alone that we're saved. And then we came in our study to Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. Well, what do Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians have in common? They reveal the church to us, uh, the, the body of Christ, uh, that which the Lord Jesus is doing in and through local assemblies. And so that which we're placed into and become a part of through Jesus Christ. Now we've come to First and Second Thessalonians and the letters to the church at Thessalonica reveal to us the coming of Christ for His church. So you move from Christ, who is always first, to Christ's work in and through His church, to then the great climax or conclusion of the church age, which will be, of course, in the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we move from justification to sanctification to now glorification. And that's the great message of 1 Thessalonians. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 1 and says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you continue reading in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, you're going to find why so many people call this church the model church. Did you know that in the letter to 1 Thessalonians, Paul condemns them for nothing. In fact, he commends them. If you read verse 3, he says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Did you hear those three beautiful graces? Faith, love, and hope. And do you remember he wrote to the church at Corinth and said there are three abiding graces? Faith, hope, and charity or love. Same three things. He'll repeat these things to the church at Thessalonica at least twice. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 5.8, the end of the letter, he says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith 
and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. There it is again, faith, love, and hope. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but if you come to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, he begins by talking again about their faith and their love and their hope. You see, these are the great uh, works of grace that Christ brings into the life of a believer. And they're not vague things. They're not just things we talk about or feelings. No, they, they grow in our lives and they produce so many beautiful fruits. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 1.3, he says, Your faith has become work, your love has become labor, and your hope has become patience. So they had a faith at work, they had a love that labored, and they had a hope that was patient. Friend, that's what every one of us need. Uh, we don't just need to say we have faith. Our faith should be demonstrated by our works. We don't just need to say we love the Lord and love others. It should be developed and it should grow out in our daily labor. Uh, we don't just need to say that we have hope in God. All that hope should evidence itself in our patience as we wait for His return. And so that brings us to the great theme of 1 Thessalonians. In a phrase, it is this, it is on the coming of Christ. Did you know that every chapter in the book of 1 Thessalonians gives a clear reference to the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, there are two phases to Christ's return. First, there's the rapture, and then there's the revelation. You say, what's the difference? Well, the rapture is when we go up. It is literally when we're caught up into the clouds, Christ coming for His saints, coming for the church. And then that sets in motion seven years of tribulation here on this earth, at the end of which the Lord Jesus Christ returns to this earth, this time not coming in the clouds, but literally coming down to earth, coming with the saints, and that's the revelation. So in the first phase, we go up, and the second phase, He comes down, and we're coming with Him. And when He comes down, friend, the Bible says that every eye shall see Him. And that revelation, of course, is going to trigger the millennial reign, the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. Well, the letter to the Thessalonican church in 1 Thessalonians emphasizes the first phase of Christ's second coming. Literally, 1 Thessalonians is the book that helps us to understand so much about the rapture of the church. It's about His coming. He's coming literally. He's coming personally. He's coming visibly. He's coming powerfully. And so I want to read you the key verses. There are many key verses in this book, but I believe the key verses are found right at the beginning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Friend, there's wrath coming, but I'm not looking for the wrath. I'm looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking for Christ Himself. Some people would say the key verses of this book are the more famous verses that talk about the trump sounding and the dead in Christ rising and and us being caught away to meet the Lord in the air. But I love these verses in chapter 1 because it puts it in perspective. Look, Jesus Christ has changed my life. And I'm not looking for an event. I'm looking for Him. It's not the second coming of Christ I anticipate. It is the Christ of the second coming. May I ask you, are you looking for Jesus today? Do you understand that today may be the day? Christ may come before this broadcast is over. May I ask, what if Jesus came in the next two minutes? Are you ready? Is there anything that you should care for if you knew Christ were coming in the next two minutes? Are you waiting for His Son from heaven? Are you looking 
every moment for the return of Jesus Christ. Well, 1 Thessalonians begins by looking back. In the first three chapters, he looks behind. He remembers their salvation. He looks back to his ministry among them. But in chapters 4 and 5, he looks ahead to what lies before them and what lies ahead. Oh, Jesus is coming. Do you understand uh, that the greatest day of your life is yet ahead? I don't care who you are. If you're a believer, the greatest day you're ever going to live is the day you're going to see Jesus Christ face to face. The resurrected Christ, the returning Savior, the reigning Lord. And today might just be that day. You know, so many people today want to talk about prophecy, uh, but they do so for intellectual reasons and intellectual arrogance and pride, knowledge that puffeth up. Uh, my friend, if you're studying prophecy to know about events and things, you've missed the point. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's not about things or events. It's all about Jesus Christ. This is the purifying hope. And so today, remind yourself Christ may step out on that cloud. Jesus may come before the end of this day and cause that to make you love Him more, to put your eyes on Christ and Christ alone, and then to share the message with others around you of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came once and He is coming again. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.